We're about to make history, each and every one of you. We use the word revolution because this is a revolution. I am NXT, and I'm not going anywhere. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Bro. This is an official declaration of war tonight to anyone who wants to get in my way and anybody who stands in AEW's way. We are NXT! This is what you call a paradigm shift. Hello and welcome to the WWE versus AEW podcast. I am your host, Daniel. A week late. We're a week late, yep. So if you're wondering why, if you look in your podcast feeds, all you can see is week nine. Well, that's my fault. Basically, I'm going to be honest, you know what I mean? I feel like the sort of the momentum and the excitement that this WWE versus AEW, the excitement for the Wednesday Night Wars, the excitement for NXT versus Dynamite, just, I don't know, I don't know, I think I feel like I just hit a bit of a, bit of a brick wall, um, obviously you had all the excitement for the first few weeks, and then it just, I don't know, I don't know if it's because I've been busy um, going on football all the time, a lot of been doing a lot of work heading towards Christmas, but don't know, I couldn't really get myself up to watching the week 10 shows, um, which I did do, but I don't know, it was, uh, week 10 obviously, just so obviously we're a little bit um, behind week 10 now, but say the week 10 show um, had Joey Janela versus John Moxley as the main event, do you know what I mean, it wasn't really like sort of I don't know, like, really going anywhere. I didn't feel like it was... It was like, do you remember back in the day when WWE would have, like, Raw pay-per-views and SmackDown pay-per-views? And then you'd have, like, an eight-week gap before the next Raw pay-per-view because they was heading towards a SmackDown pay-per-view. And those few Raws, they'd just be sort of, like, canon. Like, not, not, not shows that you needed to watch. They were just sort of, like, exhibition shows. And for me, I'm not really into watching well i'm a big football fan i'm not into watching like stuff like that so say like if you look at main event for nxt was undisputed era versus champa versus lee versus dijakovic and it was just a bit don't know i feel i felt like week 10 almost sort of killed me off um so yeah if you're wondering why there was no show last week that's why um we're gonna have a double show this week talking about week 10 and week 11 um but we're going to have to start with something where we didn't get to know last time. If you remember last time on the week nine episode of the show, um, basically it was Thanksgiving in America, wasn't it? So we didn't actually have the ratings. Um, we didn't have the ratings for week nine. Um, obviously, there was going to be some big ratings because we were just sort of coming off Survivor Series. So I'm just going to give you the ratings. Now, I'm sure you all know, but I'll say this show is all about an overview of the Wednesday Night Wars week to week, unless we have a week like week 10, which is just, it was just a depressing week. I don't know if it was just me, because I put a poll up on the neutral wrestling Twitter and people were quite still excited but anyway so week nine the ratings it was quite a bit of a shock really um nxt 
expected 810,000 viewers, AEW 663,000 viewers. Um, the conscious is obviously consensus is that AEW do have the younger viewers. Um, Thanksgiving Eve, I believe, is a night where young people go out and get smashed over in the States. So that's the reason I've heard a lot of people say whether that's the actual reason that we don't know. But obviously it was a big win for NXT. You know what I mean? They won by what almost a hundred and fifty thousand viewers. But if you remember, um there was was there was a what was there? It might have been a big football game. Oh it was was it Halloween? Something like that, I don't know, but SmackDown had a really, really weird No, they went to FS one for the night, didn't they, on SmackDown? And they did 800,000 viewers instead of like the usual 2.5 million viewers. So the big story was from these ratings was AW going to recover from it. So obviously, so NXT, this is the second time NXT had won the ratings. I think at this point it was 7 2 to WWE, I mean to, to AEW in the ratings, but also 7 2. And then the big, I said the big question were AEW going to make the comeback? Enter the week 10 ratings. It's neck and neck. This is where it did get me back in. Get me back in. I thought, right, I need to do a show. So the week 10 ratings, AEW did 851,000 viewers to NXT's 845,000 viewers. So AEW won by just 6,000 viewers. So 6,000 viewers, it was a total of what was it? Just almost 1.7 million tuned in to watch wrestling that night. Um, for me, as I say, let, I'll quickly talk about the shows. For me, I'll start off, like AEW, I mean, we got a really good opening tag match, if you remember. It feels like ages ago now, but I suppose that's because, well, because it was. Um, we got a really good opening tag match. It was a six-man tag with the Young Bucks um, teaming up with Dustin Rhodes to take on... Who did they take on now? Um was it? it was Young Bucks, Dustin Rose, this is my fault for not having any any notes, um, it was against the Inner Circle, weren't it, yeah, so it was Young Bucks, um, Dustin Rose against Ortiz, Sammy Guevara and Santana, and it, it was like, it was sort of like your crazy indie um, six-man tag, really, it was great, I really enjoyed it, um, I think I went about three and a half stars on it, it was good, um, yeah, it was a really good opener. It's sort of open you'd like to a pay-per-view, really. But then the show, after that, I think we had Ray Phoenix versus Trent. No, that was okay. Okay, at best. Then we had Lever Bates, Nyla Rose. That was bad. Hikara Shida versus Chris Statlander. I'd seen a lot of people hyping this up. People saying, oh, great match. So I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, right, let's watch this great match. I didn't get to see that great match because there wasn't a great match. This match was... Overrated, overrated. I think I went two and a half stars on it. Um, and then we get this segment, this Cody Rhodes segment. So Cody Rhodes is finally coming out talking about what happened seemingly. It feels like ages ago, flipping out North End were top of the league, I think, when this happened. But when MJF turned on Cody, um, this is the, pretty much the first time we've heard from Cody on the microphone. So he's talking about, talking about MJF, he's talking about... All do you know, he's talking about like paying him with a briefcase and stuff like that for money. And I'm thinking, you pay right, you're the owner, you're one of the owner, you're the exec EVP, whatever of the company. How am I supposed to believe that you're having to pay MJF what was it, fifty thousand dollars to wrestle you? You're the EVP of the company, 
and that's in storyline as well. So the fact that you're having to pay MJF X amount of money to do this match, for me was just, no, you're the EVP, he works for you. If you That's the way this it sort of blurs the lines with things like this, because when stuff like this happens, it just leaves you with that taste in your mouth of meh. Do you know what I mean? It'd be like it'd be like sort of like Vince McMahon voice is going. By the way, I'm full. I'm not. I'm not even got a cold. Just a sore throat. Um, yeah, it took a, like, I tell you what. Do you know what? It's like it's live. Whatever. I'm just gonna have a sip of my coffee, everyone. Ah, oh, right. So, so as I was saying, it would just be like Vince McMahon having to pay someone to do a match. Do you know what I mean? in storyline where he could just book the match himself but then as we're hyping up this Cody Rose MJF blood feud the segment just sorts of ends so it just has him with him leaving his watch in the ring um, and stuff like that and he was just like do you know what I mean it was just a bit of a downer on the segment but for me it was okay Cody Rose is good on the mic but I just didn't like the fact that he's having to try and pay MJF um, to wrestling but hey that's the way that they went um, next we have Christopher Daniels versus Pentagon Jr the botch was awful in this match um, I think Christopher Daniels slipped off the ropes it looked really bad um, but yeah it, looked re- it didn't look great did it but I don't know so this match wasn't much and then the main event sorry I'm rushing through these shows but obviously we're catching up on two weeks shows um, and I'm not sure how much my voice is going to hang out here actually um, Joey Janela versus John Moxley in the main event <clears throat> it was it was a good match wasn't it I'm uh, looking at Grapple they've gone 3.26 um, it was about right it was a really fun main event um, Joey Janela proves that he can wrestle John Moxley proves that they're not just hardcore wrestling this was really good and we get the show teaser of Chris Jericho sort of mocking Moxley from last week because last week Moxley came down the stairs and just sort of stared at Chris Jericho as we went off air. Well, this week we had Chris Jericho doing the same to John Moxley. Um, so yeah, that was the show. We, we, I don't know, it was all right. We had a Chris Jericho promo at some point as well that I've forgotten about. But as I say, the show was okay. I like the opener. I like the main event. Um, we got a Cody Rhodes promo and we got a Chris Jericho promo. So yeah, it was okay. It was a decent show. That's what I'd say. Decent show. Right. So now let's get into this. This is sort of where my attention. So I'm just saying, we're, I'm not like sitting here some serious like podcaster. He's like, right, got to watch everything. I'm just going to do what I feel like doing. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be perfectly honest. This NXT show <coughs> voice. Wow, wow, flipping up. This NXT show. I was just bored. The show opened with Killian Dane versus Pete Dunne. If there was ever a match that I was not really interested in, it was Killian Dane versus Pete Dunne. Killian Dane, I'm going to be honest, he bores me. He bores me. I'm, at no point in my life have I ever gone. That was a good Killian Dane match. Oh, that match interests me. I'm just not interested in seeing Pete Dunne versus Killian Dane. I'm watching this match and I thought, well, the excitement of the Survivor Series invasion and all that has gone on it. We're back to bog standard. Going nowhere NXT because as I say I've heard, said this before I wasn't the biggest fan of the NXT's hour shows the the hourly NXT shows that everybody seemed to love um, because you, the four weeks before the takeovers were good and then you'd get like an eight week spell where there was just uh, just exhibition wrestling 
And if, for me, that's not what I'm interested in. But since they went to two hours, I say I've loved the show. I think it's been great because they've always had something to build towards, pretty much. Um, but I say Killian Day and Pete Dunn, with Shayna Baszler versus Zia Lee. That was like okay. And then we're getting the Forgotten Sons in a match, and I'm just like, at this point, I'm thinking, what even is this? So I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I, I turned off. Turned off. God, it's got to be a true documentation of like my experience with a Wednesday night. Was I turned it off? I've not seen it. I've not seen what happened. But they did that with their first 45 minutes of this show. So they actively turned me, the viewer, they turned me off. A guy who travels to WrestleMania every year, a guy who watches more wrestling than really I can be bothered to talk about. Do you know what I mean? I skip through Raw, skip through SmackDown, I watch Indies. I watch I watch AW every week, NXT now every week. I, do you know what I mean? I still watch ROH pay-per-views. That's how much wrestling I watch. And they turned me off. They actively turned me off. So, oh my God, I wish my cat had shut. Jimmy, shut up. Flipping cat. Right. So I'm looking at the matches. I'm just using grapple for this because, honestly, didn't watch it. Cassius Ono, Matt Riddle, they went 2.94. Catman Grimes versus Kushida, 2.72. Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong versus, um, what was it? It was um, Don, Dominic Dajakovic, Keith Lee, and Champ in the main event. They went 3.48. So, do you know what I mean? Apparently, the main event sounds good. As I said, never watched it. But we got an average Cameron Grimes Kushida match looking at these ratings, and an average Cassie Sono Matt Riddle match. So, my gripe with NXT really is. Flipping cats, can they not see that I'm trying to record a serious podcast? Anyway, um, yeah, the NXT, it's just a bit too much wrestling on the NXT side. And I didn't really expect it to be like this. Um, for me, if you're going to have wrestling, just pure wrestling, I want every match to mean something. And the, the big problem for me, the big problem for me is the gap. There is too much of a gap. I've said it before. You, the, the next NXT show is the middle of February. The next AW pay-per-view is the end of February. It's too long. It means you've got to drag out your build. It means you don't need to build. You're just putting on a show for the sake of putting on a show half of the time. Why are we waiting until February? Four or five pay-per-views a year for a serious weekly TV wrestling show is not enough. We need a minimum of eight. A minimum of eight. I don't want to watch these canon shows. As you can see, that's why the podcast delayed this week, because they just sort of knocked my interest from it. We've got a decent AEW show and an NXT show that turned me off. Do you know what I mean? And I've been loving these Wednesday Night Wars. I think they've been great. It's been one of my favourite parts of being a wrestling fan. But the shows these, these weeks, for me, on week 10, it just killed my interest. I have not I had no interest. That's why I didn't record last week. Do you know what I mean? I did not record last week because of these two shows. I had no interest. There's no direction. Going anywhere, I didn't enjoy. Yeah, got to be honest. And then for week 11 shows, I was sat there and I thought, literally, it was pouring down um, here. So I thought, you know, I'll give myself half a day, go on and watch the rest. And I wasn't really excited about watching week 11, but they got me. So we've had negatives for the first half of this podcast, but it's going to turn into pretty much positives. Um, so yeah, so I better give the winner of the week for week 10. Um, I'll say it was 5-4 to NXT before this, but well, I, I, I feel bad giving it AEW because I didn't really enjoy the show that much, but at least the show kept me for the full two hours. NXT, 
had me turning off halfway through. So I'm sure people listening to this, I'll be getting DMs on Twitter or whatever, abuse on Twitter. Like, oh, you're ungrateful, blah, blah, blah. Maybe I am. Maybe we have been a bit too much spoiled. But I can, I'm here on the podcast to give my honest take. And my honest take was these shows were not great. Tonight it is windy. Crazy, the wind through the cat flap just literally slammed the door. Yeah, my cat is giving me a funny look. But anyway, so the winner of... What a bizarre podcast this has been. The winner of the week for week 10. As we said, AEW did win the ratings by 6,000. A big comeback for them after losing by 150,000 on Thanksgiving week. Um, the winner of the week for me in terms of show quality and just the winner of the week overall, I'm giving it to AEW. But I'm going to be honest, I felt like giving it a draw. Because I didn't enjoy either show. But, as I say, one kept me for the two hours, one didn't. Um, maybe I'll have to go back and watch that six-man tag at some point. But, I doubt it. I doubt it. Too much wrestling. On. At the time of recording, we're on uh, the Saturday morning. Um, wow, this wind's bad. Saturday morning. So, I'm, last night was ROH final battle. Tomorrow is TLC. So, there's a, I think the NWA pay-per-view's on tonight. Your big UFC tonight. Um, I'm sandwiched that in between North End versus Luton. I've got a day out with uh, one of my grandmas tomorrow, so I'm going to really struggle to fit everything in. Plus, having a kid does not make it easy. I'm sure the parents listening to this podcast who are big wrestling fans will feel my pain of struggling to fit in all this wrestling. But, yeah, anyway, so that was it. Week 10 has to go. Well, it doesn't have to go, but it's gone to AEW. Now, time for week 11. The man of the hour, the champ of the hour, Leo Rush, looking to deliver! Oh, I was looking for the final hour on the outside! Crushed hard into the knees of Garza! Garza looking to capitalize! Angel Garza, we clipper! We are going to crown a new NXT Cruiser! What the hell? Submission! Angel guards a red jolly! Reverse full Nelson! Leo Rush had him in that wing clipper! It's over! New champion! Here is your winner! Week 11 of the show. Don't worry, it wasn't two takes. This is still in one sitting. Week 11 of the Wednesday Night Wars. Um, it's basically a series finale next week, pretty much, because obviously it's week 12. They put on two. The cards for next week are huge. Two huge cards. Um, and obviously, the Wednesday after is Christmas Day, so we're not having um, AW or NXT, so we all get a two-week break. Great, great. Nice little break. Get ourselves ready for the New Year's Day editions of the show. Um, so, yeah, great way to sign off. This sort of feels like big TV show coming up um, on the Wednesday. But So, week 11, this was sort of the build. This was like their go-home show, sort of, for their big shows, the sort of series finale shows. Um, and as I say, I complained solely about week 10. It was 
boring for me. The recaps of the show were completely off my head, so if I got anything wrong, it's probably why, and it was two weeks ago. But so I'm sat there and I thought, right, they need to win me back. To start off, we start off with an Alex Reynolds versus John Moxley show. By the way, I'm going to save the ratings for these two shows to the end of the recaps. So you better tune into that. If you want to find out who won Week 11's ratings, stay tuned to the end of our recaps. Um, Alex Reynolds, John Moxley. Um, John Moxley wins in like 10 seconds or something. Just a squash match. Moxley is so over. One thing I will say, this building, every WWE building looks exactly the same. This building, it looked like it had a bit of character. It wasn't a huge arena. It was somewhere middle along the way. I think the building holds about five and a half to 6,000. Uh, I think it was it Dallas. It was somewhere in Texas, um, but it was a nice building, um, just a bit different. I don't want these modern double tier arenas every time. It's just a nice little look, and we're going to get that actually on the New Year's Day edition of the show when they go back to Jacksonville, uh, the show where they did fight for the fall, and that was a great venue. Outdoors in January, people of Florida are so lucky. Imagine if you try doing an outdoor show in England or in New York in January. Whew, be cold, right? So. John Moxley beats Alex Reynolds and Chris Jericho comes down with the inner circle and um, we sort of like slow pace build which I'm fine with they've got to do it obviously because they want to save this Moxley Jericho match I'm assuming to revolution the pay-per-view in um, at the end of February so yeah basically Jericho just great mind work offers Moxley a place in the inner circle gives him a shirt and gives him a couple of weeks to think about it and so yeah, that was like sort of nice build for them. Now this next match, this is where it sort of won me back. I loved it. So Cody Rhodes, should I say Cody and QT Marshall versus the Butcher and the Blade. I'm not going to call them the Bunny, the Bitch and the Rabbit or whatever. The Butcher and the Blade. I loved it. I thought this was great. It was like, I don't know, this QT Marshall, I'd not, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know who he was. I didn't think they did a good job of telling me. But he looked like, average indie worker maybe not great a bit sloppy but it was like his no-nonsense style the fact that nobody knew who he was and they, they got him over brilliant booking from AEW they got him over they made him into I wouldn't say a star but they certainly got him over the crowd are going crazy it is uh in the words of Excalibur his tope suicida I'm sure that pissed off JR um was one of the sloppiest I've ever seen. But it got one of the biggest pops you'll ever see for a Tope Suicide either. It was just great. Um, I don't know, I love this match. I went three and a half stars on it. That's how much I enjoyed it. The Bunny and the Blade. The Bunny and the Blade. What are they called? What are they called, these two? The Butcher and the Blade. I thought they looked really good. And they're going to be a good addition to the tag to the tag team division, the great tag team division of AEW. Um, and QT Marshall takes the pin, but gets himself over. It was just... It was really well done, this. Um, and then after the match, we had Darby Allen coming down, basically, to say, tell Cody Rose that he's not alone. They are with... He, Darby Allen is with him, so we're probably going to see a Cody Rhodes darby Allen versus um, Butcher and the Blade match at some point, maybe on that January the 1st show. Um, as I said, I don't have any notes for this show, because really, I just decided on a whim to record. But one certain thing I will say off the top of my head, I really enjoyed the Dark Order promos. Um, at first, I was like, this is crap. But I think what they've done with the Dark Order, they've realised that these guys are not over at all. So they've took them away, took them off TV, and then just give it a weekly video package. And the video packages, <clears throat> I feel, are getting over. 
and getting over it, and this was the best one today. You've got Alex Reynolds sat in his hotel room on the bed, and you've got the Join the Dark Order coming up on the TV. I really, really, I enjoyed this segment. Really, really good. Um, and I think the Dark Order are going to get a big reaction when the next on TV. I really do. Um, next we have an MJF promo. This is after the Cody Rolls match. MJF, 23 years old. This guy is unbelievable on the microphone. Unbelievable. Seriously, what a promo. He's got Warlord in the background. They're just a great, a great pair. What? Is this cat on catnip or what? Flipping heck. Jimmy! Calm down, mate. Um, yeah, it's just a great... Ugh, flipping heck, what a bizarre... This is the weirdest podcast I've done in the first 14 months or whatever of podcasting. But yeah, um, the MJF promo was great. Uh, he just basically says, well, I've got all the money in the world. I don't need money um, to fight you, Cody. Um, says that he'll fight him, um, whatever, but he'll give him the date and the stipulation next not in Jacksonville in two weeks uh, so they're clearly dragging it out um, do you know what I mean which you could say is good it's good in some ways to drag out feuds but for me I feel like this is they didn't need to do the MJF turn at the pay-per-view they should be doing it around now we could have had a few weeks of them teasing oh did MJF deliberately throw in the towel that was their big mistake um, but MJF delivered such a good promo here the guy is amazing on the microphone I might even stick that promo in at some point on this podcast um so yeah great promo from mjf we had the really enjoyable cody rose qt marshall um versus butcher and the blade tag we got nice moxley and chris jericho interaction so the first 45 minutes of this show completely won me back and i was there with my big foam hand my big wednesday night wars t-shirt my microphone ready for recording i'm back all right and then we get big swole versus emmy sakura nah it wasn't great was it wasn't great, but got the win for Big Swall, and I think Emi Sakura, nah, don't know. Big Swall did look green, but I suppose she's only wrestled, I think they said 100 matches. But yeah. Anyway, next, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus Kip Sabian and Sean Spears. It was an alright match. Um, I do like the fact the subtle hints about, um, well, maybe not so subtle hints of Hangman Page turning on Kenny Omega. Um, yeah, it's great. It was good. I enjoyed that aspect of it. The match itself was okay. Uh, they, they, sometimes with AW, they keep turning the lights to black. And when that happens, as wrestling fans, we're trained to expect a huge surprise. So when the lights are going to black and it's just Joey Janela tying up Tully Blanchard, it's a bit like, oh, is that it? The crowd didn't know what to do. It's like... It was just bizarre. Sean Spears tries to go and save him. And then Kenny Omega and Hangman Page double team Kip Sabian to get the win. Hangman Page tags himself in when Kenny Omega has the match won. Bookshot Lariat to get the win. So the T's in the Ascension. I'm trying to think, will they? I think that obviously with the amount of time to the next pay-per-view, I'm guessing we're going to get Kenny Omega, Hangman Page at Revolution. Um, they got a good, good chunk to do it. Um, but yeah, so this was another nice part of the show. Um, next, we have Luchasaurus versus Sammy Guevara. Um, it was like an interesting match. I'm just watching me cat in this backyard. He's he's running around going crazy. Flipping heck. This podcast should just be titled The One With The Cat. But um, anyway, Luchasaurus versus Sammy Guevara. Luchasaurus did look a bit green. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know. But he's so over, so we'll let him off. It was an alright match. To be fair. Sammy Guevara is great. He is great. I don't know how long Sammy Guevara's been wrestling, but it looks to me. He looks so young, but it looks like he's been wrestling a long time. Very, very impressed with Sammy Guevara in this match, and he took Luchasaurus to a decent match. Um, so after Luchasaurus gets the win, we had Chris Jericho, who was on commentary, um, and Jake Hager. Jericho did a good job on commentary. Came, comes down, and they start attacking Luchasaurus, and then we get Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt coming to make the save. Obviously, next week is Jungle Boy versus Chris Jericho in a 10-minute match, and they did a great way of building up to this match. Yeah, Chris Jericho get beat on um, Sammy Guevara. What was Sammy Guevara? Um, Jungle Boy does like a Rey Mysterio. I can't even think of the move. Sent, sent on, whatever. Um, into the pin. And Marco Stunt counts the three for Jungle Boy to get an unofficial pin over Chris Jericho. And it just set up next week's match perfectly. Great stuff here. Really enjoyed it. So it's been a really good show. This really strong showing from AEW. Um, Sports Mom 8. And I was telling him I really enjoyed the show, but... Neil, if you, well, you're probably not listening, but I don't think you enjoyed the show. He enjoyed the show that much, to be fair. There was a lot of stuff he didn't like on it, but for me, I thought this was an excellent show. The best Dynamite in a long time. I'm going back four or five weeks. Um, and then the main event, Proud and Powerful versus the Young Bucks in a Texas street fight. It was crazy. People flying through tables. It was... I loved it. I went four stars on it. A lot of people, some people didn't. Obviously, there were spots in the match where it sort of felt there was two where it looked like they was flipping themselves through tables. But apart from that, I just thought it was great. Um, I've been wanting the Young Bucks to get a clean win for ages now. Um, so they got that. They're facing SCU for the titles next week. It was just a really good match. Great main event. I enjoyed it, and it topped off a great episode of Dynamite. So, yeah, two thumbs up for that show. Really, really Enjoyed it. Um, cat's back. Right, on to NXT. And NXT, this could be... I don't know. I think it is for me. I think it is. NXT, I think... Yeah, I'm going to do it. Leo Rush versus Angle Garza for the NXT Cruiserweight title is the best match so far in the 11 weeks of the Wednesday Night Wars. On... Believable match. Wow. It was incredible. Honestly, the crowd were great for it as well. I mean, we had the really good Leo Rush Garza match the other week, but this, this was unbelievable. I think I went four and a half stars on it. Loved it. Brilliant match. There's just, literally, I was on the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh, oh, prop it into the match, which is how it should be. Um, this this is the sort of match where, although I criticise Mauro Ranello, this is where it's suited for him. A hugely dramatic match. And this is where he thrives on. Do you know what I mean? We don't need him, as I say, match two women's match that no one's really interested in. Like, screaming at the top of his voice. This is where his screaming does sort of come into play and it isn't the worst thing of it. But this match was great. Leo Rush is... oh, He's amazing. We know how good he is on the mic from his days with Lashley on the main roster. And his wrestling is just great. He is... He's a superstar. He is a star. What am I... He's turned himself into one of my favourite wrestlers to watch in the world at the moment. And Angel Garza, not far behind him. He's been spectacular since his debut in NXT. A revelation. And he wins the NXT title. Um, the NXT Cruiserweight title. And then, this. He proposes to his wife. Well, wife-to-be. He proposes to his girlfriend, yeah. Great moment after winning the title. His mum's in the front row. 
Did they show it live? No. They just went back during the commercial and showed the proposal like that. Great moment, but they should have had it live on the show. It's like one of the highlights of the show. Why is this not live? Why is this? Why am I? Why are you rewinding this and recapping it for me? Should be live. But anyway, forget the marriage. As I say, I put a tweet up on the neutral wrestling Twitter. He slipped up there. He's won his first title in WWE. He wants to be out on the lash with the lads celebrating his big night. And instead he's proposed. He'll be at home, tucked up in bed with his missus, having a, having a big large cup of Ovaltine. Yeah, he slipped up there. Should have been out with the lads. Anyway, great match. Match of the Wednesday Night Wars. Today, Leo Rush versus Angel Garza. I'm trying to think what other match. I feel like I said there was a best match of the Wednesday Night Wars the other week as well. So I'll have to go through and check them. But yeah, Leo Rush Angle Guards are just a great, great match. And then this is where the show... There's the NXT. It's too much wrestling. It's too much. Like, AEW, at least we had, we had what? Two in-ring talking segments. Do you know what I mean? We had like a backstage segment. We had the Dark Order promo. That's like four different segments of the show that isn't just wrestling in the ring. And if you're going to do it, it needs to be great. We get Cameron Grimes versus Raul Mendoza. Jackson Riker versus Travis Banks. Do you know what I mean? Dakota Kai versus Mia Yim. Breeze Angle versus the Singh Brothers. Bianca Belair versus Caden Carter. That is five matches I couldn't give a shiny shite about. This is what I'm saying about directionless heading towards the paper. What? Yeah, we got some nice video packages. I will give them that for the Rhea Ripley Shayna Baszler match next week. Rhea Ripley has to win the title in that match, by the way, and I think she will. And I think then we'll get Shayna going up to the main roster at the Rumble. But the 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 great the opening the match the opening match was that great. I was sat there and I thought, although I loved AEW, if NXT put something good together here with that opening match, they're going to win show of the week. But then they proceed to give us... This is a seven-match show. A seven-match show with no promos. No in-ring segments. Poor, poor, honestly. I don't want to see five matches that don't really matter in the middle of the show. It sort of killed me. By the time the main event came round, which was good, I was sort of like... Oh, I'm a bit sick of wrestling now. But anyway, the main event, Finn Balor, Keith Lee, Tommaso Ciampa... Winner faces Adam Cole next week. And to be honest, didn't want Keith Lee to win. So I don't want him to lose to Adam Cole next week. He's that over at the moment. Champa, obviously the story is to have Champa take the title off Cole. But I think, I really do think Keith Lee adds something in there. He's sort of a bit unexpected at that time. When Batista was due to face Randy Orton at WrestleMania, that was the match. When Daniel Bryan just swoops in. That sort of feels like Keith Lee, but Keith Lee's more over than Champa, and I love Champa. But Keith Lee, I think, should be getting the title match at the takeover in Tampa and winning the title. I think what you do, you have Balor lose to Adam Cole next week, because Balor wins this triple threat. You go with Champa versus um, Adam Cole at the takeover in February, because Champa doesn't need the belt. Although the story does make sense if he wins it. I think you just go all the way with Keith Lee. Keep his momentum going. Have him win the belt at the TakeOver in Tampa on WrestleMania weekend. Do it. Just do it. Make the guy... They like him already because they made him in that Survivor Series match with um, Roman Reigns and eliminating Seth Rollins. But just go with it. Champa doesn't need the belt. Do you know what I mean? You can have Keith Lee win it and then Champa go back to heel and feud with Keith Lee. You know what I mean, when he wins the belt. But I just don't feel like Babyface Champion needs to take the belt off Adam Cole. Although it would make sense storyline-wise. Just 
do you know what I mean? Maybe have Gargano come back at the February pay-per-view, cost Champa the belt, and then we go with the Champa-Gargano match we were meant to get last year at TakeOver New York, and we can have Lee versus Cole. But we'll leave that to Triple H, who is a better booker than me. Um, but yeah, the main event, as I said, didn't like Lee taking the pin, but you saw it like... Do you, do you want Champa to take the pin? Because he's going to be probably the next opponent for Cole after he beats Balor next week. So they sort of made it as fluky as they could with like Lee having Champa beaten, which should tell you something which direction they're going. Lee did have Champa beat, and then Balor sort of hit the coup de grace out of nowhere to semi-steal the pin, but a really good match. So we had NXT, we had that amazing, amazing Garza-Leo rush match to open. And then we had a really good triple threat match to main event. But the stuff in between bored me. Really did. It was at least an hour of nothing. So, the winner of the week. The winner of week 11 is going is going to Dynamite. And this wasn't like week 10 where it was like sort of like meh, a scant victory. Do you know what I mean? It was like a... Meh. NXT was that boring that I went with Dynamite. This was Dynamite was great this week. One of the better shows of the Wednesday night was fully deserved, and to beat a show that had a great opener and a great main event like NXT must have been great. So the winner of the week, and they were five four down before this show. Wow, heavy rain outside. They were five four down. They've now turned it round, and it is now on the Wednesday night wars heading into the big show next week. Dynamite six NXT. Five, so going into those big shows next week. Let's see who can can NXT make it six six next week as we go end the year six six will be fitting or can AEW go seven five? But let's finish with the ratings. Unbelievable the ratings for week eleven. What a great way to finish. AEW did seven hundred and seventy eight thousand viewers. NXT. Did 778,000 viewers a tie. That is, that, I can't believe that. That is amazing. So both shows have 778,000 viewers. So for those of you keeping tabs, AW has won the ratings battle eight times, NXT twice, and the draw. I can't believe I'm saying a draw in the ratings once. And. It was it was great. It was a great week. Week eleven was a great week. We got the great overall show from Dynamite and a great match from NXT and a good main event. So I really did enjoy my four hours of watching wrestling this week. It was much better than the week before, but I do think part of that is because the building for the big shows next week. When January comes, are we going to have more of these shows? But I suppose you're building towards the February pay-per-views. The two-week gap is great. They definitely needed a two-week gap. Um, so, yeah, really happy about this two-week gap. Obviously, NXT is sort of going to be building to the NXT, NXT UK um, thing that's going on at the Royal Rumble Worlds Collide, is it? Hopefully, it's better than those crap shows from Access at WrestleMania last year. But, yeah, that's it. I mean, there's big some news. Where's Marty Skrull going to show up? Is he going to show up on AEW? Is he going to show up on NXT? We'll have to wait and see. Um, but, yeah, going into next week, obviously, the main event of... Dynamite, we're assuming, Jericho Jungle Boy non-title match, 10-minute match, because Jericho said, obviously, that Jungle Boy couldn't hang 10 minutes with him. We've also got 
the AEW Tag Team titles, SCU versus Young Bucks. That's like a classic Ring of Honor feud. So that is a big, big show. I feel like we've got another match next week. Is it Kenny Omega versus Pac, maybe? I'm not sure. Bad journalism there. But NXT, NXT, I can't wait for NXT next week. We've got... Now, we've got Adam Cole, Finn Balor. I think... They're not going to take the title off Finn Balor, but it should be a great match. I think the main event should be Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler. Rhea Ripley goes over Shayna Baszler, ends the reign, ends this 14... What is it? 14, 15-month reign. Get Rhea Ripley over, have a win, clean in the main event, sort of like Batista Triple H from WrestleMania 21. Just have a go over clean. Just beat the shit out of her. Eight-minute match, seven-minute match. Don't need a back-and-forth match. Just go out and put Rhea Ripley over. She is a star. So, yeah, that's next week. So, two exciting shows for next week. I will be back next week. Don't worry about it for week 12. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this bumper edition discussing week 10 and week 11 of the Wednesday Night Wars. I think it's probably our longest show to date. We survived it, even though my cat was determined to ruin it, even though I had no notes whatsoever. But that's it. So the main story is 778K tie for week 11's ratings. We're on to week 12 next week in the series finale for 2019 of the Wednesday Night Wars. Subscribe, like, share, and enjoy the WWE versus AEW podcast. I'm Daniel. See you next week. I'll be the first guy to admit it. You are without a shadow of a doubt one of the greatest wrestlers of this generation. And with a microphone in your hand, bud, you are absolutely untouchable. Well, with the exception of one guy. And of all the people to open your mouth about, you decided to talk about that one guy. Well, to quote a legend, bud, you do not throw rocks at a man with a machine gun. And when my mouth opens, these bullets don't miss. Now, Cody, I heard your little business proposal and it was, it was really cute. Don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed it. But Cody, I don't need your crap, man. And I damn sure don't need your money because like all of these swine, unlike all of them, I got enough money to last me a lifetime. What I need from you, Cody, is for you to suffer. But there was one line you decided to say, Cody. You decided to call me a knockoff Chris Jericho. Oh, you guys like that, huh? You guys thought that was funny. Yeah. What? What an amazing disc, Cody. You must have stayed up for hours on end, sweating just to think of that zinger. I mean, honestly, amazing. Is it is because it of my scarf code, man, huh? Yeah? The same scarf that you and these morons so boldly claim is fake? Oh, good. Let's talk about that word, fake. It's very... Apropos, Cody, that you use that word fake, because when I think of the word fake, I think of you. 
I think of that platinum blonde hair that looks like a cat pissed on it. I think of those Gary Busey-esque beaver teeth that I could land a helicopter on. And I think of all the times you look at these fans and claim you care about them. Well, guess what, Cody? I'll give you this. There's one thing about you that's very real. And that's your shitty little lisp. <laughs> oh, oh, sucker in succotaz, Cody. I'm so sorry. Did I offend you, huh, bud? Oh, are you guys upset? What are you gonna do, Cody? You're gonna try to fire me? You're gonna pull Tony Khan over the side and get me fired? Well, how about you do that, Cody? How about you fire me? Oh, wait, that's right. You won't. Because the one thing you want most in this world, Cody, is to get your hands on me, isn't it? And to top that off, you'd be letting down each and every single one of these people who you claim to care about because what they want more than anything is to see us go at it. So you people want to see MJF versus Cody Rhodes, huh? You people want to see it? Let me hear it, huh? Well, guess what, Cody? You're on! What? But, 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 but. Cody, I got a couple of stipulations here, bud. And I'll tell you those stipulations, but I'm not gonna tell you those stipulations here in Honkyville, USA, Texas. You guys got a problem with the truth, huh? Ow, guys, ow. Cody. I'm gonna give you the stipulations in Jacksonville. Oh, and one more thing before I leave, Cody. I want you to really look on me, cameraman, really zoom in here. I know you're back there like a pit bull on a leash, foaming at the mouth, just praying to God someone's gonna release you. But here's the thing, bud, and I want you to remember this. I'm in control now, not you. Because I'm better than you, and you know it.